I think people need to be actively conscious about every time you eat, how do you feel after that meal? I think that's going to be a really good marker for you to decide what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with holistic nutritionist Alexandra Catalano. She says you don't need to diet. You need to listen to your body. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from PatriceWashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth, where we believe that wealth is more than money and material possessions. Yes, we believe in the original definition of wealth, which was all about well-being. And if you are new here, you are in for a treat because I'm kind of starting from the top this week. Meaning that the first pillar of redefining wealth is all about being fit, and that's about becoming your best self. And so in that pillar, we talk about both physical fitness and mental fitness, but I'm super excited because I think what we're talking about today kind of combines both. It's like your mindset about your physical body, if you will. For my OG listeners, if you follow me on Instagram, then you know that I recently took a blood test because I was looking at this book called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. And by looking at the book, by taking the blood test, I came to find out my daughter and I actually both took the test first and then my husband. But I realized that so many of the things that I've been eating that were always considered quote unquote healthy you know, in the bigger scheme of things, were actually not as healthy for me. But instead of listening to my body, I was just kind of going along with what appeared to be healthy. Not really looking at the signs, you know, the signs, the fatigue, um, the mental fog, the bloating. Yeah, I'm going there. The bloating, the gassiness, like all this stuff that happens when you're not eating the best food for you. And so I had just done a TED Talk and met Alexandria, I'll call Alex, and was telling Alex about some of this stuff. And she offered to coach me through and just give me an idea of how to really listen to my body. And as we went through the process, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I have to introduce my audience to this because I don't know about you guys, but over the years, I have succumbed to... I don't know how many different types of diets, trying different things, no carbs, no meat, no this, no that, always kind of doing something really restrictive. And I love that when I met Alex, she's like, it's not that serious. (laughs) You don't have to be as restrictive as you think in order to really get your body to operate at optimal capacity. You really just need to listen to your individual body. And I was like, you know what? I know that if I'm struggling with this, I know that my audience is. We are all here trying to live our best lives, trying to do our thing. And you know what I say with the fit pillar is that we all have a vision. I know if you listen to this podcast, even if you stumbled upon us for the first time, if you're here, it's because I believe that you have a grand vision for your life. Your purpose that you want to really walk into, and you have just all these amazing ideas for who you want to be and who you want to become over the next several years. But I always say that if you have a vision, it's your responsibility, it's your duty to protect the vessel needed to execute the vision. 
And I've learned on my own path that sometimes I was doing things that I thought was protecting the vessel. And in the big scheme of things, it was actually harming. It was actually doing the exact opposite. And so I have been on this journey to listen more and more to my body. And I really wanted to invite someone who really could speak to what that feels like, what that looks like. Because I just didn't want another person shaming us into all the things that we need to do or not do. It's like we're all individuals. We all have completely different makeups. And we, while there's some things that are general rules of thumbs, there's other things that are unique to us as individuals. And so that's why I wanted to bring Alex. Alexandra Catalano is a holistic nutritionist, author, TEDx speaker, healthy lifestyle expert, and creator of the popular lifestyle brand Eat Cute. She has appeared on the Hallmark Channel's Home and Family, Fox, Good Day LA, Lifetime Network Supermarket Superstar, and a host of other television shows. She's also written health articles for publications like Oxygen and Muscle and Fitness Magazine. She even offers a virtual nutrition coaching program, which makes it possible for her to work with clients from all over the world. And she actually did work with me right here in Los Angeles. Without further ado, here's Alex. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you. So let me set the scene first. First of all, Alex and I met doing, it was my first TEDx talk. Was it your first? It was, and I was terrified. We met in (laughs) where I was under a state of terror, but it was so great once I did it. No, you were under a state of terror. I always tell people, (laughs) it doesn't matter if there's 10 people or 10,000 people, The stomach is always going. I'm sweating profusely. Like I am not the person you want to walk up to right before she has to go on stage. Like It's funny you say that because like I saw you just walking around. You looked beautiful and you had this big smile and you just looked so chill. And I was like, why does she, man, she's so chill. Like, why am I so scared? (laughs) Oh, I think I just have a great poker face. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll go to Vegas. We'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because no, am I, oh my gosh, I was a mess. But we got through it. So we did our first TEDx talk together. And I found out you were a Trojan. We, I, I know it, we, we were destined to be friends. We so. were destined fight on so we <laughs> USC. And not only that, once I started to follow Alex on Instagram at EQ, I just really fell in love with your upbeat personality as well as how simple I felt like you made it to enjoy food, but enjoy good, healthy food and not feel so restricted. And here at redefining wealth, our first pillar is the fit pillar. It's about becoming your best self. And one of the things I've always shared with the audience, Alex, is that if we all have these grand vision for our lives, we have a responsibility to protect the vessel, yeah. to execute the vision. And so a part of that protection includes what are we putting in our mouths? I completely agree. And I think ultimately when I work with clients and it's really cool because I work with clients like online. So I get to meet people from all over the world. So I don't think it's necessarily where I live. It's, I mean, I see it no matter where you live. People, they want to be healthy. It's just, there's a lot of information out there. So it feels really daunting. So it's not like a question of like, people don't care about what they put in their mouths. There's a lot of information about what to put in your mouth. And there's a lot of big companies that are selling us 
things that they think are healthy, you know, that are healthy with, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see that are, <laughs> we should be putting in our mouth. And so I think that that's a big problem. Yeah. I mean, so there's the vegan craze, right? I don't think it's a craze anymore. I think it's yeah. like a thing, but it felt like a craze initially. And then there's like paleo and there's some people who just no gluten, no carbs or all right. fruit or all this. There's just so much stuff out there, like you said. And I know that when we get bombarded by so many options, many of us end up in analysis paralysis. It's like, oh, I want to start that. I want to try that. But then I heard this thing that conflicts with that. And then I, you know, I'm not sure. Absolutely. And so you see two things. People are terrified to eat or they just go, you know what? Forget it. Like, I don't even care at this point and just don't even try. Yeah. The reason I invited you on the podcast was because your philosophy just resonated with me and we had a, a brief call where you got to talk to me about some of my eating. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was yeah. so much fun and some of my choices. And I implemented immediately, like my next smoothie, I added almond butter, but we'll get Yay. into that. Okay, we'll get there. Uh, but <laughs> what I love that you said, because one of my challenges, and this is for my girls in their mid-30s, like, man, one of my challenges are really the things that I did to quote unquote be healthy in my 20s do not work for me anymore. They just don't. I don't lose weight the same. I don't feel the same. I don't have as much energy in the same way as I did by doing certain things, what now seems like back in the day. And when we got on the phone, one of the first things that you said to me is the food that works for you today won't work tomorrow. Absolutely. And I really mean that like today and tomorrow. I mean, as we age, our bodies are changing, but also our days are changing. You're going to have a really busy week. You're going to be traveling a lot. So your diet's going to change and need different. You might need more fats. You might need more carbs, depending upon the day that you have lined up for you. You might be more active or more sedentary and that needs some changing. See, that's, that's the thing, but how do we know? (laughs) (laughs) How do you know? And so What really resonates with me too is that the bottom line is there's no one way to do anything, right? No. Like I'm happy with the people. I'm happy with the people who have found their way, but it's really frustrating when they make you feel like if you don't do it their way, you're doomed. Yeah, that's really tough. Uh, And food is such an emotional issue too, because I don't know if your listeners have experienced this, but I've had experiences personally and with clients where they're like, they make the decision to eat healthy and maybe people in their family don't support it or their friends. And so they get made fun of, oh, like you're just going to eat this or that salad, or you're just having this. And like, they ridicule them because then they feel weird about their choices. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's, it's a process. Well, I've even had the experience though, the opposite with people who it's not that they were necessarily unsupportive of me being healthy. Cause I do kind of have that challenge at home where I want to eat certain things and I start to incorporate different things at home. I've learned to do it slowly. So just because I'm (laughs) on a vegetarian kick or anything, I can't take away everyone else's stuff because they will revolt. But (laughs) (laughs) it's really when other people are healthy or making healthy choices as well, but their healthy choices are different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like, if you eat that, what's wrong with you? I do have a friend. I'm not sure what you call it specifically, but she eats all fruit. Oh, like a fruititarian. A fruititarian. Okay. So that's yeah. must be relatively new or I don't know because I, I have Steve really... Jobs was one. Oh, okay. Uh, just eat fruit. That's how I learned it. But I don't know if your friend incorporates other foods. 
No, not at all. Yep. So oh. that means that if you're eating a salad with her, she's like side eyeing you oh, because no. you have, you know, spinach and kale. I'm like, girl, <laughs> <laughs> let me be great. I'm eating spinach and kale. What else do you want from me? You know, it's yeah. when you're dealing with those types of things. So how do you even suggest that people navigate in social circumstances where, I mean, you want to be with your friends, but you also don't want to be ridiculed for your food choices, especially when you're trying to do what works for you. Exactly. I mean, I, that's something I really, it's an issue, but something I always tell people is there's bio-individuality. And so we're not all made the same way. And so look, I'm four foot 11. I'm a tiny little person. Like I eat differently than my six foot two boyfriend, you know, just basically because of like not, not only our heights, our weights, our genders, where we're from, you know, a lot of times they're finding that people depending upon where your family is from, you might have intolerances to certain foods or thrive off of certain foods, just based mm-hmm. off of where your family comes from and your heritage. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that people eat, but I think, I think what's exciting about it and a more positive spin on it is like sharing. It's such a wonderful experience to share food with each other and be like, this is what I'm doing. It makes me feel great. Oh yeah. Well, this is what I'm doing. It makes me feel great. And we try each other's things and we share information And we do it in a way that's exciting and educating and just like comes from a warm place as opposed to like, this is what works. And like, this is the answer. Cause I will tell you now there is not one diet that works for everybody. And there's not one diet that's going to work for you for the rest of your life. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. There's not one diet that works for everyone and there's not one diet for you. That's going to work for the rest of your life. That's good. I saw a post that you had on Instagram about eating salad. (laughs) <laughs> and then you re- referenced the sugar in the dressing. Yes. And I thought, wow, we don't even think about that. So another thing is a lot of times we think we're being healthy and we're not necessarily hitting the mark. What are some common ways that we totally mess up what should be a quote unquote healthy meal? Absolutely. So salad is a big one. So I definitely see that with, you know, I'll talk to my clients who's like, oh my God, Alex, I had a salad today and this and this was in it. And I go, oh my God, that's amazing. What was the dressing? And then they go like, because we work virtually, they'll go in their kitchen and they'll show me the label. And I'm like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a big one. So look, my big philosophy, whatever diet you subscribe to, I'm a big Nazi on ingredients. So one thing I always say is avoid sugar. I think, especially if you're having this beautiful, healthy salad or you're having great vegetables or whatever it is that you're consuming, if there's sugar in it, that really takes away from the whole experience of eating healthy. And I will also say that sugar is hidden in everything. I mean, most Mm -hmm. of the times with packages, that's why I, I try to really insist that people make their own sauces and dressings and everything because we know what's going in them. And there are 61 different names for sugar. So they really do a good job of hiding it. That's a big one. And then again, with processed food, a lot of times people grab a protein bar and they're like, I'm off to the gym, killing it. And I'm like, (laughs) no, (laughs) because a lot of those protein bars are like glorified candy bars. I mean, when you see all the additives and things that are in there, and I would also say the same for protein powders. I love a good protein powder, but there are certain brands that I like, but some of them have a list of like 20 ingredients. It's just too much. Regardless of sugar and stuff like that, our bodies are also different. So we might have intolerances to things that we don't even know about. And it's really hard to figure what that is if there's 20 ingredients in something. It might be yeah. the rice that's irritating you or the grains or the gluten or there's dairy or you know whatever that is. And then another thing I will say 
is anytime you see sugar-free on a package, throw it. (laughs) Yeah, because a lot of times, how is that sugar-free? So they're either using chemicals to sweeten it or they're using an artificial sweetener called xylitol or erythritol. There are all those kind of ones. You'll normally see it under alcohol sugar. And that is incredibly irritating to the gut. So not to throw shade, but like Trader Joe's sells like a sugar-free candy bar or something. And if you eat that, you most likely will be in severe gut pain. It's just, it really inflames the gut. And so that is another thing to look for. Oh, wow. Okay. I think we're depressing people again because I just got, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, and those are the things though that we need to know because it sucks to think that you're doing the right things and feel like you're restricting yourself in a way only to find out that you're actually worse off or Absolutely, you're doing yeah. uh, the exact opposite of what you thought. And I know for me, so I think I shared with you, I uh, was reading the book, Eat Right for Your Blood Type. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were talking about sometimes it's our, it's in our DNA, it's in our heritage. And I love that once I did the blood test, not only did it um, help me figure out I'm B positive, that I should avoid certain things. It also spoke to what degree I should eat the things that are neutral or decent for me because of my heritage, because it relates to African-Americans differently than other heritages. And I thought that was great. But girl, one of the things it, not one, several of the things it ended up being for me, avoid avocados, avoid corn, tomatoes, First of all, corn, avocado, and tomatoes. I'm from Cali, Alex. Yeah, well, I, I know. And like, so, I grew up in California. I know. And the avocados are so fresh here. So, okay, I'm glad you brought this up. So this is another thing that I really want people to pay attention to. I think, and this is something that I struggled with. There's a lot of books and a lot of information. And so it's like, oh, wow, like Cameron Diaz has this new book that came out. And she's saying I should eat like this. And she looks great or whatever that is. I think that the next step is, I think people need to be actively conscious about every time you eat, how do you feel after that meal? I think that's going to be a really good marker for you to decide what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. So for you, I tell people and for most clients, like keep a journal and it doesn't have to be, I don't care about the calories. I don't care. I care about today. I had a salad and had avocados and olive oil on it and I felt energized or my stomach hurt. And then if we keep these notes for a week or two, we can start to figure out oh man, every time I have avocados, my stomach does hurt or I feel really tired or I get allergies or whatever that is. And then we go, great, let's take this out of the diet. So I think that's a really, a really big thing. And I think that will really determine how you eat every single day. Ideally, we eat something, we get the nutrition from it, we feel energized and then we excrete what we don't need. And that should be the deal. If you're getting bloated or tired or angry, how do you feel after you eat? Because that's a really good determiner of the foods we should be choosing. I totally agree with you because since our talk, that's what I started to do. I started to journal and keep notes on my phone about what I was eating. And I usually wouldn't feel the difference in the moment. If I ate dinner, I would usually feel if there was um, an adverse effect, I would feel it the next morning. Right. I would wake up feeling something or feel it in the middle of the night. And that's how I realized, um, actually, I'm okay with tomatoes. I'm not yeah. a huge tomato person anyway, but <laughs> it doesn't really bother me. But what I did figure out, because my blood type also said something about wheat and gluten. And yeah. girl, 
Did I figure out that that they were absolutely right? But you know what? As I've been going through, so now I know. And now, like you said, at each mail, I have the, I have an opportunity to choose. Like I have a chance to choose what I know is going to make me feel good. And even if I don't know, because I've been exploring um, new things, you also encourage me to do that. Try a new vegetable. Oh, I love that. Every time you go to the farmer's market or the store, I always tell my clients, challenge yourself to picking up something you never try and be like, I'm going to make this like bok choy or like a black radish or something really fun. Yeah. So we've been like kind of exploring with different things. And so I realized I'm realizing more and more what works and what doesn't. But here's what I love because I learned that wheat was not my friend. And then a couple days later, I had wheat again. I fell off the wheat wagon. Oh boy. I also remembered <laughs> that you said during our session that just because you fall off on a meal, you don't have to throw away the whole day. Just get back no. on top of the next meal. And I love that because some people, like they have one bad meal, you're doing your dieting thing or you're not really dieting, but you're changing your lifestyle right. habits and it's a party or something happens or you want to go out with your girls and you throw the whole meal away. You quote unquote fall off the wagon, right? But the great thing is you can get back on the next meal instead of going trash the whole weekend. Forget it. I'll start on Monday. It's like, okay, one meal versus six or seven meals. Absolutely. And I, I really do. I really say that, okay, you had mimosas and all and pancakes at brunch. Lunch and dinner are going to be great. Yeah. So you told me too that I could change one ingredient at a time to make a meal better and better. And Can you kind of talk about that? Because I know that everyone can't be as drastic as some and just as soon as they hear that they may even have an intolerance to something, cut everything out. Like what's the process for people who are not able to just go cold turkey? Absolutely. And I don't think anyone should go cold turkey. So I think it's about making small changes that create a giant, a giant huge change. And I really think it's that small. So for example, when I work with somebody, let's say that their main goal is like, oh, you know, I drink too much caffeine, too much coffee. Okay, cool. So we're just going to maybe make a shift and just, okay, we're just going to do matcha tea now. We're just going to do one thing. I'm not going to take out the coffee and the sugar and the grains and the dairy. We're just going to do one thing at a time. And we're not just going to take it away. We're going to make a replacement that's going to make it so much better. So for people that I have, I'm taking them off of sugar. We're not just taking them off of sugar. I'm giving them recipes for a healthy fudge that's sweetened with monk fruit and other things. And we're we're making replacements because ultimately this is a lifestyle and this is something we do forever. And I think it's not about being restrictive. It's, it's just about finding foods that are going to serve you better, but also be tasty and delicious and fun to eat because eating should be fun. I'm Italian. So <laughs> <laughs> eating should be fun. And I, I did notice that you have quite a bit of sweets on your page. I love I that your Instagram page is like beautiful and colorful and you have all these cute snacks and stuff that you make. Um, I saw muffins, popsicles, fudge sticks. I'm like, well, wait a minute. How is this possible? (laughs) Yeah. I think think it's just, you know, choosing the right ingredients. And I will tell this to you and and your listeners. I think this is so important. Be patient with yourself because your taste buds do change. Like for me, you know, when I took sugar out, it was really interesting because all of a sudden I started to recalibrate my taste buds and things tasted different. I bite into a berry now and it's so sweet to me. And when I was eating tons of sugar, I wouldn't have even, you know, I didn't appreciate it. Mm, that's a, that's a really good point. Be patient. Taste buds change. Yeah. I said the word snack and it kind of triggered something from our session. You told me that 
America is a snack culture. Yeah. And it just, so I feel like the whole thing is a scam. (laughs) But America's a snack culture. And so how does that kind of mess us up? Yes. Okay. I'm really glad you brought this up. You're so great. I love that you, like, I wish my boyfriend remembered everything the way you do. I'm like, you're the best. Married almost 11 years. (laughs) Don't hold your breath. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if you think about it, I hear a lot of people say, oh my God, why can people in Europe eat all the things they eat and they don't gain weight? I will tell you why. Because they don't have snack time there. It's not part of their culture, but snacks are big here. And you know, it's interesting. A lot of times if you follow the money for certain products, it's like, are the snack companies the one that's telling us it's healthy to have snacks? You know, like if you walk through in a grocery store, look at all the snacks. I mean, holy goodness, there's just so much snacks. And to me personally, I feel like that has a lot to do with not really balancing your macronutrients. So I think that protein, fat, fiber, greens, all of those things really, really help keep our blood sugar stabilized. And ideally, you should be eating a meal that has all those beautiful ingredients in there so your blood sugar stays stable and then you're able to get to the next meal. You're able to go from breakfast to lunch and lunch to dinner easily without effort. Because if you think about it, every time you eat, it takes a lot of energy for your body to break down food. So if you think about Christmas or Thanksgiving, any of those holidays, and you eat a big meal, people can't move after that. And it's because your digestive system is working so hard to break down those foods. So if we're snacking throughout the day and grazing, it's really aging on the body. And you're really telling your body, stop doing everything else you're working on and put it into digestion. And I think that by just adding healthy fats, avocados, olive oil, olives, coconut oil, ghee, grass-fed butter, that's going to really help. In the 90s, they took out fat from a lot of things. And I think that was really detrimental to see all these snack foods that are fat free. (laughs) They're not good. Wow. It's amazing. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but it's amazing how, and I'm going to say that because I don't care. Nobody, you know, (laughs) I, I don't care. It's amazing how corrupt this whole thing is because it has to be also connected in so many ways to, I believe, pharmaceuticals and oh yeah, the whole healthcare system. Like it's a whole thing. It's like if we just ate better, yeah. we would be healthier and we wouldn't need to depend on our healthcare and the pharmaceutical companies the way that we do. Absolutely. And I think it's just a vicious cycle and it goes round and round and round because why would you not want people to be at their best? Why would you not want us to be our most productive and healthy selves so that we could really be out here making magic? Like you want us healthy? I mean, mean, you want us sick? It's unfortunate because, you know, there's a lot of money involved. I mean, if you look and see the numbers of how many people drink sodas or, you know, packaged food and stuff like that. And, you know, it's unfortunate because we live in a culture where we're busy. And so packaged food is seems like a great thing because it's quick and it's fast and it's easy. But I really think grabbing an apple or carrots or fresh vegetables or throwing together a salad or just making your fridge a way that it is quick and it is easy, but it's all natural. And there, you know, with natural whole foods, there's no ingredient list. And I love that. Mm. So what do you say to people though, who maybe want to do that, but they feel like they don't have time to go to the grocery store because when you have natural food, it spoils quickly. And so you better eat it and use it, right? You got to buy it and use it almost immediately. So how do you get your clients to wrap their minds around creating that time? Absolutely. So 
when you're in a busy schedule, we have so many great things now that I didn't have when I first started doing this. So companies like, I'm not sponsored guys, but Thrive Market, Amazon, you know, people can deliver things to you. There's meal delivery services, but then also I will tell you, this is going to sound crazy. Think about it like this. When you go to the supermarket and you buy a vegetable, that vegetable may have traveled really far. So it, even if you're buying a vegetable, it might not have the same mineral and nutrient quality it would if you had it when it was ripe. So if you buy organic frozen vegetables, not only are they cheaper, which is awesome, but they're actually flash freezing them right when they're at their ripest. So you're actually getting riper vegetables. So people who have smoothies or want you know frozen spinach or broccoli, you can keep it in your freezer, especially like you, Patrice, like you travel a lot. Mm-hmm. You can keep it in your freezer and use it when you need it and you can have it. Yeah. Once we did our session, that's what I did. Because I found myself, even though I have smoothies darn near every day, I still found myself having to throw out spinach or throw out kale. Sometimes I'll put like a little kale or something in it. I still found myself having to throw things out, especially during the weeks that I travel because my family wasn't necessarily going for it. So (laughs) I'm the only one using it, right? And so since our session though, I started to do the frozen spinach and it's been working out just fine. And you're right. It was cheaper and it's going to last longer. And I got a bunch of frozen fruits as well. That's great. And like I said, the nutrient quality will be higher because they flash freeze it right when it's freshest. And then this is another weird, you and I love hacks, Patrice. So let's say you go out and you buy a bunch of avocados and you're going out of town, you're traveling. If they're ripe, I like to take them and mash them up and put them into ice cube trays and put them in the freezer. And then they go in a smoothie and they cream up that smoothie so nicely because they're frozen and they're ripe and they're fresh. It's awesome. Mm, That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. That's my favorite trick. So you said something else before about when it's time to meet fitness goals, you want to have a workout partner and Mm -hmm. how incredibly beneficial that can be. What are some of the benefits you believe of having a workout partner? And then how do you choose one? Because I know I've tried to choose people before. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. So the benefits of having a workout partner could be, I mean, for me, Look, I might not show up at the gym for Alex, for myself, but I will go if my friend is there because I don't want to let them down, which Mm -hmm. is interesting because I promise them. Sometimes we we live in a culture too where we care about people sometimes more than we put ourselves second. Mm -hmm. And so it's- Or their perception of us or we care about their perception. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. Absolutely. That's so important to us. So I think we'll we'll most likely show up for them. Another thing too is, look, for me, you could either go with your friend to go to Starbucks and have a muffin and a coffee, or you could go on a workout. Like what a better hangout. When you have that shared experience, there's more to talk about. I think it makes your friendship stronger. And you're actually taking that time and using it in a way that's going to enhance both of your lives. So I think that's really cool too. But do you choose someone who's a bit further down the road, like who's not going to tolerate your BS <laughs> if oh, you start yeah. talking out? Or do you, that's the struggle. It's like if you have someone who is in the same place you are, where they can kind of take it or leave it, because some people know that they should do it, but they're still a little ambivalent Absolutely. about whether they should go forward. It's like, do you want the friend who's like you or do you want the friend who's like two steps ahead? So I'm less concerned with where they're at physically. It's more of me, the the habit. So if this is a person that shows up all the time, that's very goal-oriented, that's going to be there and, and be where they're going to be, 
that's great. Because I think the alternate is, and I think it really depends upon you and how you like to work and what's going to make you show up. Because I think ultimately we all know, but let's say you're working out with somebody who's way advanced and they make you feel bad that you can't keep up. And then you're like, I don't want to go. It makes me feel terrible. Mm, That's that's the other side of it. But you know, I think it's someone who's, I'm less concerned with performance, but more of like, man, this person comes every day and they send me texts to remind me and they're the kind of person that's pushing me to show up. Because ultimately, I think that's the hardest part. Once you show up and you're at the gym, whether you're taking a class or you're just at a gym lifting weights or you're going for a hike, if you're there, that's the first step and it's the most important step. Because just being there, ultimately, I think once you're there, you're just going to do it and it's going to be fine. It's just getting there. I love that. That's such a great point. I don't think I would have thought about it that way. (laughs) You know, but I do know one of my good girlfriends, I call her the workout Nazi. I like working out with her, but I think that I would slow her down in a way too, which doesn't make me feel great, but it does kind of push me in a way. But then there's these moms at my daughter's school where some moms I would like get together with or hang out with, and it was always over wine or a meal some kind of meal that probably wasn't great for either of us. And then I started hanging out with one mom where our thing was like, let's go to Pilates. She won a certificate for a Pilates studio in our area. And then we just signed up and started going. And I really love that. And another mom like going walking. So I've really been trying to, to your point, make getting together with people around fitness, around like, let's do it. And it doesn't have to be something hardcore because Pilates is hardcore. So I love oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With that transformer machine. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> it is hardcore. I do like it, but man, oh, um, boy. sometimes, yeah. you know, it could just be a walk. Like even my husband and I, that's how we connect. We walk and run together a couple times a week. And I'm really you know. glad you said that. I do want to hammer this in. I'm really glad you brought this up. So regardless of working out, I think people need to go and do things where they sweat and do that. But I think walking is incredibly therapeutic. And and this is something my boyfriend and I do every night before we go to bed is we just go for a walk around our neighborhood. If you can go somewhere that's that you like and that's nice, but it really helps quiet the mind. And it's a really nice time to just connect and see things. And I really think there's something magical about walking. You know, they were, I was doing this, I was reading And Beethoven did a lot of his work. He wrote most of his music on these walks. You know, there's something very meditative about a walk. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of your podcast too is, you know, people that are creative and they're in business and they're working for themselves or they're trying to grow something. And I think walking is a really beautiful way to handle stress. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, let's say you're working all day and you can get out for a quick walk with, with somebody and just talk and walk or you go alone and you listen to music, whatever that is. But I think it's a really nice way to kind of help calm stress. I love that. I love that. And I love your point about connection because sometimes in the evening, we walk as a family. If it's first thing oh. in the morning, it's my husband and I, but sometimes in the evening, we'll take Reagan with us. And I love that at this stage, she's 10 years old, I get to be an example of A healthy life. Not that I'm the fittest person out there, although I do have a gun show going on. Yeah, right. I was like, you look great. (laughs) (laughs) No, but not that I'm the best, but I know that growing up, I didn't really have those examples. A lot of my family came here and they were in survival mode. So it was work, 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 eat what's convenient. sleep when you can get sleep and whatever moving your body was good. That was going to be done at work at your desk. Right. It wasn't going to really happen. And so I didn't necessarily have that example, which is why when I turned 30, 
I yeah. it really started happening around like 32 and my body started to change. I had been working out. I had seasons of in and out of working out and I've always eaten relatively well. But when my body started to change, I had to create what that looked like for myself. I didn't have this history to go, oh, I remember mom did this or grandma did that. And so one of the things that I love is that as a mom, I get to be an example to my daughter Um, not complaining about my weight and not body shaming myself because the few times she's heard me say something about back fat, she's like, mom, you're beautiful. You stop it. (laughs) I love that. She's like, (laughs) she got me out of body shaming real good. She's like, no, I don't want to hear that. Um, that. She actually told me I was, I was saying to someone and I can't believe I'm going to say this and thousands (laughs) of people will hear, but I was saying to someone, you know, I never thought I would be a size eight. I'm like, I'm a size eight. I, you know, I'm a pretty solid girl now. I was a four, <laughs> twos and fours for a really long time. And my daughter chimes in and she says, but mom, you look like a really nice mom. Do you want to look like a little girl? Wow. Like, wow. The wisdom, right? The wisdom. Like, Can we get her on the show? <laughs> <laughs> you will definitely be on. I'm sure. Yeah. I was like blown away because it really taught me to accept who I'm growing into, like who I am at this stage in my life. Like it's okay to be an eight. It's okay to be in this body because I'm still a healthier version today than I was when I was a four, six, seven years ago. I'm healthier now. I'm more aware of my body now. I sleep more now. I drink more water now. I eat better foods for myself now. I'm more active now. So right. just because the scale doesn't um, confirm that or... <laughs> well, no, but I think it's so great you brought that up. Okay. Everybody throw out your scale. I think we're so tied to numbers in this culture. I'm a two. I'm a, I weigh this much. It doesn't matter. It's more about how you feel and how you look. And if you're trying to achieve certain weight, uh, fitness or weight goals, I suggest measuring yourself so you can get a sense of inches. But really to me, the weight the number of what size you are, it doesn't matter because you can deal with people that are a size zero or a two and they're very unhealthy. They're not eating their hair falling out. Like it's bad. Mm-hmm. I think we have to go with how we feel first. I think it's so important. Yeah, that's a great point. I actually feel the best that I've probably felt in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm telling you, you look great. And to me, I look at you and I go, what a beautiful fit. How, like you're strong. Like you look <laughs> incredible. So to me, I don't, you know, I don't look at you and go, oh, size eight. I look at you and go, wow, what a beautiful woman. So I, I think that's that. absolutely. And I think that's so important. So if you're tired, if anybody out there is listening, don't pay attention to what size you're wearing or don't pay attention to what the scale says. It's more of how you feel are your clothes getting tight or loose? That's a good marker of how you can kind of see if you, you know, if you have certain goals and you're working towards them, but yeah, don't trust that scale. Don't trust those numbers. Yeah. I'm definitely learning. I will still say every once in a while, if I fool around and get on the scale at the gym, I'm like, what the, but I also know that I'm stronger and like, I've been busting out of blazers lately because you know, the gun show is really picking up here. Well, muscle weighs more than fat. So some people will work out really hard and go, oh my God, I put on 10 pounds, but you put on 10 pounds of muscle and guess what? Muscle does eat up fat. So don't, and also weight fluctuates throughout the day up to eight pounds because of how much water you drink. So it's just real tricky. <laughs> now, if you, and I'm so glad you said that. So if yeah. you drink more water, you also go to the restroom more. Yes. You so do. 
you're actually, doesn't that actually help you lose water weight when you're drinking more water? It, you would think so, but I think it, it kind of puts on a little bit more like on the scale. Like I know people that I have friends that do like those bodybuilding competitions mm. and they will take pills that will take all the water out of their body. So it makes them thinner and tighter. Yeah. It's really unhealthy and, and they won't drink water the night before or the day of at all during competition. So, you know, water does put on its water weight, puts on a little weight, but it's good weight. And, you know, it helps give your, you know, it helps your muscles moves, it helps your skin. It helps you cleanse. Water is incredibly essential. So I love that we actually got onto water because one of the things that I noticed from digging through the archives of your Instagram page is that you have done hydration challenges and I think I want to do one. You want to do one? Let's do one. Yeah. So first of all, then let's really go through again the benefits of making sure you're drinking the right amount of water and what that is. Absolutely. Okay. So minimum, you should be drinking half your weight in ounces every single day. So for example, if I weigh 100 pounds, 50 ounces of water, which sounds like a lot, but what I suggest everybody do is go get a nice BPA-free water bottle. So if you're drinking out of those plastic water bottles, I would definitely avoid those because uh, BPA, bisphenol A, uh, that's in the plastic, it actually is a hormone disruptor. So that's something to be considerate of. Um, so get a nice BPA-free water bottle, see what the ounces are and go like, okay, cool. Like there's 24 ounces in this. So I need to drink three or four water bottles to make sure I get my quota. You know, so you have a physical marker of, I need three of these or four of these to, to hit my my, um, my goal for the day. If you have a cup of coffee, you have to add one. If you work out and you sweat a lot, you got to add one. So it's really, that's a good way of how to track your water intake. Ooh, I never heard that part before. If yeah. You out and if you have a cup of coffee or any kind of caffeine, like yeah. The caffeine, you need to add another yes. bottle of water. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, good to st- okay. This is good to know. Never yeah. heard that one. No, that's good. And hydration is so important for uh, so many reasons. So, I have some clients that suffer from skin issues. You know, by drinking more water, our skin we get less acne, we have less wrinkles. I mean, it's pretty incredible just by drinking water. What you can do. I had one client. It's kind of amazing. She wasn't getting her period at all, and mm. she was drinking soda every day when she woke up in the morning and all day. And all I did was say, drink water. And I took away the soda and guess who got their period? I mean, it's pretty wow. incredible. Water is so, we are made of water. I mean, we are water. So it's really important. Um, and for cleansing and all of that. So you can change pretty much. I would tell anybody if you're looking to get healthy and you, it feels overwhelming, start with water. Mm. That's good. Start with water. Well, guess what, guys? We're going to start with water. (laughs) So we're going to talk offline about the details and I will make sure that we post it all over Instagram and on Facebook and everywhere where you guys are. We are doing a water challenge. It's a hydration challenge. Yes, we are. Let's just start there. Let's just take the next best step. And I love that we're doing it now, Alex. We don't have to wait until January 1st. No, yeah. Until the new year for what? We can get into this and I've done it. I do this often, but I go in and out of doing it, especially, I hate drinking a lot of water on the plane. I'm not going to lie. It's actually the best place to do it, but you never know who you sit next to. That's another story. I know. (laughs) But you know, when we go up in a plane, because I I talk a lot to clients about like when they travel, we get more dehydrated at high altitudes. So Mm -hmm. it's like so essential. And this is a quick tip for those who travel a lot. There are water bottles out there. There are companies where you can f- get you can get filtered water. Like you can put tap water in there and it'll filter it for you in the water bottle. So when I travel, 
even if I just have access to a drinking fountain or I have access to a bathroom sink, it will filter the water for me and I'll be able to get clean, fresh water. Oh my gosh. I've never even heard of that. Don't pay for water in airport guys. It's too expensive. Just bring your own water bottle and just get one that can filter. So that way you can have clean water wherever you go. Oh my gosh. You're like a little wealth of information. No, like, I love it. I love to I learn love things. I love that. Oh my gosh. This is why you have to follow her on Instagram. She, <laughs> when I tell you, is so full of like these great tips. So I'll make sure that I link in the show notes. Thank Before you. I let you go, Alex, yeah. I do what we call Redefining Wealth Rapid Wisdom Questions at the end of every show. Okay. And so I'm going to ask you a few and you just tell us the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Perfect. All right. The first one is how do you define success? Happiness. Mm, So simple. I love it. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Friends, family, and then self-love. Yes. (laughs) Family and self-love. Yes. Okay. Now, what's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? I love a book called Woman Code by Elisa Vitti. It actually has to do with how women biohack using their hormones. And I think you can't pay for, you know, waking up every morning and feeling good and feeling in sync with your body. You can't replace that feeling. It's magical. Oh, that's amazing. We'll also link to that in the show notes. Yes. And here's the last one. You're going to fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. Okay. My name is Alex and the truth about wealth is no one can tell you if you're wealthy, like if you have wealth. It's, I think a lot of times people get so consumed with the idea of wealth, but I think it's something that it comes internally and that you feel by the way you live your life and the people you surround yourself with. It's so true. That is so true. Thank you so much, yeah. Alex. <laughs> Thank you. I'm for looking forward to our hydration challenge. Like, I think this is going to be so good and jumpstart so many women in particular, but I know I have wonderful men here too. Yeah. It's really going to help us, especially if we cut up all summer. This is the yeah. way as we like entering, like heading back towards the fall season where we can get back in the swing of things and we're going to help people get started. So I'm super excited. I love it. I love it. This is so great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. All right. Didn't I tell you that Alex would be a treat? Yes. We don't have to deprive ourselves. We just have to listen to our own bodies. And I can tell you that I have taken so many of Alex's tips into consideration and really just made them a part of my lifestyle, period. She's helped so much with just the brief session that we had. And so I'm really excited that you guys got a chance to hear from her, too. One of the things that I love is that on her Instagram page, Alex, I think it's at Eat Cute, Alex is always doing challenges. And so right now she's gearing up for a hydration challenge, which I will be joining. And it's just about making sure that you're getting the proper water intake. And I know that seems so basic and not a big deal. But like she said, there's just so many benefits to just making sure at the minimum You are hydrating and drinking your water. So make sure that you follow her on Instagram. Join the challenges. I think that we underestimate how small tweaks to what we do every day can make such a huge impact, such a huge impact. And if you are really 
on this fitness kick and you are like, yes, I have to do this fitness thing, get it together. I also want to invite you to go back and listen to Brandy Harvey's episode from the top of the year. I'm going to link to it in the show notes, but I think that these two episodes go together perfectly. If you are struggling with the fit pillar, these might be the two that you need to listen to a couple times so you can really make progress, right? You don't have to wait until the new year to get it together. We are halfway through this year, a little more than halfway at this point, and there's still time to get on top of this thing. You'll be surprised at what you can do in just a few months. So make sure you hit us up in social media. I'm at Seek Wisdom PCW and tell us what you thought of Alex and the episode. Drink your water, stay hydrated. Listen to your body, take care of yourself because all of this is important if you are going to walk out that purpose and live your vision. Like if you really want to walk into that vision that God has for you, it's important that you take care of the vessel. Never forget that. Never forget it. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Please make sure you rate and review this episode. And until next time, remember that I am here to help you live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Later.